0: And good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Things First. I raise a cup to you, Kevin Wilds, Nick Wright, Antoine Walker. All smiles. Great night of basketball. Great show for you this morning on a Friday. I don't know. If it was a great night. Who's rooting for it was a great who. night? If of you're Nick way. Wright, it was a great <laughs> right night. We'll get to all of that uh, coming up. Can the Rockets' small ball formula help them win a title? We'll talk some football. Have Brady and Gronk turned back the clock? We will discuss whether this is a must win for the Clippers, but it is August 21st. I promised my now seven-year-old daughter, Harper, who's standing right here after all these months doing studio shows that I would let her come on to wish her a very happy birthday. She watches from just feet away every day, not understanding what we're talking about. So happy birthday, hearts. Have a great day, okay? Antoine Walker and all the guys say happy birthday. All right, we are gonna start this morning. as she walks right in front of that camera with the reason Nick is so happy today. Here we go, Lakers, Blazers, hey, We said that the Lakers needed more out of Anthony Davis, especially late in the game. Last night, they certainly got it. 31 points, 11 rebounds. Oh, and all the credit since LeBron James had himself a quiet night. 10 points, 6 rebounds, 7 assists, and 6 turnovers from the King. For Portland, tough night for them. Damian Lillard jamming up his left index finger in the third. X-rays came back negative, but definitely something to watch there. All right. Let's kick off this conversation with you, Nick. Did last night prove your prediction right that the Lakers will, in fact, win this series in five? A little gentleman sweep.
1: Well, listen, it hasn't been proven right yet, but it will be. Lakers in five always made the most sense, and you saw why last night. And once again, though, I got to say, Anthony Davis did nothing in the fourth. But that's because they were up 30 going into the fourth, so he didn't have to play much in the fourth. So, listen, the the, the Blazers are in real trouble. So, Wilds, let me ask you a question real quick. It's a similar question that Jenna asked you a bunch of times yesterday. What time is it?
0: Oh, he never got it right.
2: It was supposed to be Dame time, but Anthony Davis's foot... (laughs) Hit his finger, it would have turned into a daytime. That's not an answer, that's not an answer. That's not an answer. I'm taking it back.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, Let me let me tell you what time it is. It's damn near midnight for your Cinderella Blazers. It's been a great run, (laughs) it's been fun, but this is the end of the road, and the reason. Antoine, why when Jenna and Wilds were imploring me to say I was nervous after Game One, uh, accusing me of lying to America by not admitting <laughs> alleged nervousness existed, was because what the Lakers did poorly in Game One was outlierish, and what they did well was they were are able to duplicate. And what you saw, they weren't going to have a historically bad three-point shooting night again. Anthony Davis wasn't going to shoot 33% from the field again. But that defense that held the Blazers to 21, 21, and 22 points in the final three quarters of Game 1, guess what it held the Blazers to in the first three quarters of Game 2? 19 20 and 19 since the Blazers have been in the bubble basically their six worst offensive quarters have come in the eight quarters against the Lakers so Antoine if this Blazers team isn't scoring 120 they're not going to beat a good much less a great basketball team so yeah to me Lakers in five is still very much the pick and certainly Lakers to win the series was resoundingly answered last night
3: Antoine. Well, Nick, first of all, I never picked the Lakers to lose this series. I said this series will go probably Correct. six or seven. I still believe it will go six or seven. This is a series. One thing you got to oh. understand is that the Portland Trail Blazers have played great basketball over the last, what, ten games where they've had to fight tooth and nail. They would do, Nick, they would do for a performance like this. They would do for a bad shooting night. They was due for That's a true. night that he didn't have everything going so you can't put everything on this game. The Lakers did what they supposed to do. As a championship team, a team that think they believe that they can win a championship, the Lakers responded and came out with a big win. I don't care if you win by 10, 15, or 30. They did what they're supposed to do, tied this series up, and got it even. If I'm the Portland Trailblazers, I feel really good about myself. We had one bad shooting night. Wow. We wasn't able to keep up. LeBron James had 10 points, six rebounds, and seven assists. You're holding the best player in the league under control with not many bodies to throw at him. I still feel like Portland has a really good chance to win this series. They're going to take it deep. They're playing good basketball. When you're going to be able to shut down the king the way they have, you've got to give them a lot of credit. I know it was a blowout in the second half. It got to 30 points. But they've controlled LeBron, and I'm shocked. Uh, I am totally shocked of how they've been able to control LeBron with not a lot of bodies. Anthony Davis was a lot better. The energy of the Lakers was uh, second and none from top to bottom with their defense. They trapped Dame early as soon as he crossed half, did not give him a lot of open opportunities. But the Lakers, uh, Portland was really due for a performance like this tonight. So this is a good series. The series is going to go deep. I mean, it's 1 1, and we'll see what happens on Saturday.
0: There you go, Wilds. Oh. Something, something well, to hang mean, your hat
2: on. I am on an emotional roller coaster, Jenna. I started off. I've been sad for uh, eight hours now. I've almost since the first quarter, I've been upset. Antoine's saying he doesn't matter. Doesn't care if we lose by thirty or forty or five. It doesn't matter. They won in the a, loss. A, a, yeah. Yeah, I feel. I feel like Nick Wright. You, you lose and you still win. It feels good. I just wanted right. to run through you some do of some one my these sadder games. moments, Antoine. You you do but now you games. got me fired Go up. All right, let's look. Can, let's look at my saddest <laughs> moments. These are my three saddest moments from last night. First one, Nick, you'll love this. I was like, you know what? We've got a chance with defense like this. Then he rarely seen offensive foul when you're when you're pushing LeBron from behind. Nick, I think this was like the <laughs> ghost of Iguadala that Gary Trent was scared yeah, of. Yeah,
1: he was afraid oh. of the chase
2: down. He was afraid of the chase He's down. He's terrified. Correct. Absolutely right. I'm like, he, yeah, scared, scared the of the chase dunk. down. And LeBron deserves credit for a block on this. It's not going to show up on his stat sheet, but that deserves to be a block. My second saddest moment, Antoine, and again, you're going to be fired up. JaVale McGee's out there looking like Will Chamberlain. He only had five offensive rebounds, but they were, like, really disheartening. Three Blazers sitting around. Hassan I was like, what just happened to me? I don't know if this was an everything, thing, Antoine, or he's tired. What is your take on this?
3: Uh, it's just one of those nights, Kevin. Okay? I'm, I'm not, I don't want to make a bunch of excuses for Portland, but you have nights like this where it just happy you don't have it all. Oh. All
2: right. And then we saw some good, um, offensive sort of pick and roll play here. Problem is the Blazers are actually on defense here. Good pick by Nurkic to pick free up JaVel McGee <laughs> and trap Dame. And Dame, whenever you see Dame walking around like this, you know, it's not a good day. This <laughs> It's good. It's very nuanced, Nick. This is good. When days <laughs> like this, not good. And this is when I was like, this drew put the, it was like a 27-point lead. And this is when I just gave up and started drinking, to well, be honest with you. Ki- so congratulations, okay. well, Nick. I'm- it's a bad day for me.
0: Go Nick, ahead, I just dinner. want to ask you real quick <laughs> about what Antoine said. Are you concerned at all that the Blazers were able to hold him in check? Does that does that ring at all that that they did have some modicum of success in this game?
1: No, because I, I with respect to Antoine, I disagree they held him in check. Like <laughs> the, listen, guys, we can the <laughs> we, we have to. It's been 17 years. And if we, wa- we want to say LeBron played poorly, when he plays poorly, that is totally fair. It's, every player is eligible for that criticism. Early in this game, LeBron on almost back-to-back possessions had layups that he smoked. He, they, they, he had bad turnovers. If you want to say LeBron played poorly, that, of course that's fair. If you want to crush LeBron for game one, a game where Antoine saying they held him in check, he put up a stat line that had never been done in the history of the NBA playoffs, was fine. Uh, for missing those two free throws in the fourth quarter, that's fine as well. That's legitimate. But we've got to stop questioning his approach to the games. Because all I heard after game one, he's got to attack more. He's got to be more straight to the basket, go downhill. And guess what? He knows that you're wrong. LeBron James, three highest scoring NBA finals. You know what they all got in common? Loss. Loss, loss. LeBron James, single highest-scoring playoff series of his career. You know what happened in it? They lost to a Magic team in six when he averaged 39. He knows in order to beat the Rockets the next round, guys are going to have to hit threes. And in order to win the conference finals, whether it's against the Clippers or the Nuggets and Jokic, Anthony Davis is going to have to dominate. And so this Portland series who they have total control over, and who at any given moment, if LeBron wants to back down Gary Trent every play of the game and put him in the torture chamber, he can play that card. This Portland series is to get those guys going for the greater goal. And we do this every year. Every game a LeBron team loses, it's like, well, he should have attacked more. He should have been more aggressive.
3: Go ahead, Antoine. No, I understand where you're coming from. It doesn't, but the the thing is, this is not that type of series. He can't think about Houston. He has to worry about Portland. This is a real series. I don't know where you're getting off and don't discredit in Portland. But Portland has three guys that possibly could be in the Hall of Fame one day. They're not going anywhere. This is just going to be a tough series. I know you think LeBron is dominating He just, you know, pussyfoot his way through the whole series. He can't do that. He has to play basketball. He's going to have to eventually show up in this series and put some numbers up. 10, 6, and 7 is not going to get it. I know that's your guy. I know oh, you course. believe that he can just turn it on and off. he got to get a rhythm. The eight games in the bubble was not a great offensive rhythm for him. He has to find his game before he gets to Houston. i tell you that. If with The way Houston's playing, without Russell Westbrook, he's going to have to find his game offensively. But... Portland will be, this is going to be a long series. He does have to pay attention to how he plays. I don't think it's not that easy. This is going to be a series. I don't know how you overlook in Portland that easy.
1: Listen, I, of course 10, 6, and 7 typically is not going to get it done. It's his third lowest scoring playoff game of his career. And the only lower ones, one he got in serious foul trouble, and the other one was the meltdown in Dallas. So there's no disagreement there, even when distributing, he, you expect more than 10 points from LeBron. But I, where I disagree with you is the idea that it's critical he gets it going before Houston. He can get it going against Houston, against anybody. It's critical. Guys are seeing shots go in, and Anthony Davis plays the way he did last night. And I think they can beat Portland like that. You and I, where our major disagreement is Antoine, is how good Portland is. And so we'll see over the rest of this series. But I think the questioning of LeBron's approach, I'm just over it, Jenna.
0: The stress of daily life weighs on all of us, whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person trying to get through the day. Muscle pain and muscle tension, that's a real thing. That's why I use Theragon, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power. And now, it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you'll wonder if it's on. While you soothe your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power that you need starting at only $199. Go to Theragun.com slash FTF right now and get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's Theragun.com slash FTF, Theragun.com slash FTF. All right, back to last night's action. Thunder Rockets game two. Houston continues to prove that small ball works. Shooting a record 56 threes en route to another win over the Thunder. <laughs> another win, by the way, without Russell Westbrook, who was coaching up anyone and everyone while rehabbing from that strained right quad. Nick, are you buying the Rockets can make a title run with the small ball formula that they have now run all the way up till right now?
1: Oh yes. I I bought it all year. I I before the season, I said. Rockets, Lakers in the conference finals and the winner of that's going to win the title. The bracket fell in a way we're going to get Rockets, Lakers in the conference semifinals and the winner of that series going to win the title. I, I That's how I felt all year and nothing has dissuaded me from that. The only thing that could have would have been a serious injury. Luckily, it looks like Russ's injury is a less than serious injury and now he's got extra time to rest. I I feel for Oklahoma City because it would appear they are what many of us feared they were, which was a team that absolutely maximized everything they were in the regular season, which then meant they didn't have another gear to get to in the postseason, And it looks like that's what's being exposed here. But folks don't need to like the aesthetics of the way the Rockets play basketball. They don't need to like the manipulation of the way the Rockets play basketball. But if I may be nerdy for a moment, the math is gonna win out here. And when you shoot 53s, you are at such an overwhelming advantage. It's just, it, the, the NBA's got two fixes if they want to put a stop to this change it from threes and twos to fours and threes so it's only a 33% premium, which they'll never do, or make the arc an actual arc so it runs totally to the out of bounds line and there are no more corner threes. Those are your options. Otherwise, this is not only here to stay, it's going to spread like a disease throughout the league. In the meantime, Antoine, the Rockets are the only team doing it. They've got a player built to do it better than maybe any player ever in James Harden, and they absolutely are on the very, very short list of teams that can win a title this year, seeing what they're doing without Russ, and last night what they did, or yesterday afternoon, with Harden playing poorly, Antoine.
3: I would like to start. I don't believe Houston. um, Obviously, I don't believe they can win a title um, with their style of play. Um, They've been terrific the first two games. I do not want to take anything away from those guys. Their style of play has played out. Their role players have been exceptional. If I'm OKC and Jeff Green and Daniel House Jr. have beat me the first two nights, I got to feel pretty good. James Harden um, had a subpar night last night. They gotta figure out different ways to get this three guard lineup. I think the problem with OKC is that they're trying to play like Houston, and Nick, you just alluded to it. It's only one team that can play like Houston. They can shoot 53s. But if you watch OKC, they're drive, they're in pick and rolls, and they got three great guards this year, but they're shooting too many threes. They're not attacking the basket. They're not getting to the foul line. With Houston, you gotta slow the game down. They're a very unique group that can play a certain style and shoot 53s. You don't play the game they play. You try to overpower them, not saying that OKC has a ton of size, but you use Steven Adams a lot. You try to bang them inside. You slow the game down. You don't play that game. I just think the game plan that OKC's came in with um, in the playoffs hasn't worked. And also, Nick, we got to understand, too, OKC's very young. You're asking these two young guys. We, we, I think sometimes because Chris Paul has had such a great year, we that's, think that the fair. other guys on the team are... Other guys on the team are ready for this challenge. but And they're not. Schroeder and, and, and obviously Shea Alexander, they're not ready for this challenge. They're in the playoffs very young in their career, and they're not ready for this. And you're seeing the experience of Houston take full advantage of this with their energy, their effort. Um, Houston's the best switching team in the league. They, they they have extended their defense. This defense has been amazing the first two games. But to say they're yep. ready to win a title, um, I don't believe they're at that level yet. They've been very, they've been very exceptional the first two games, shooting the three. When they make 20 and then 19 threes, of course they're hard to beat. But I'm gonna take my chances. If I if we, you know, think in the head that they do get to play the Lakers, I'm gonna take my chance with them trying to shoot 53s against the Lakers. We'll see how far that gets you. But we'll talk about that when we get to that.
2: Antoine, I don't think they're gonna take fifty-threes against the Lakers. I could see them taking sixty-threes, Nick. The league averages Ooh. 34. They average wow. 45. They took 56 last night. It's like every time. It's like Jeff Bezos' net wealth. You hear it. There's an article about it every other day. Like, ah, got, made another uh, $200 million yesterday. New richest man in the world. And then you wait a week like, hey, I got an article. Jeff Bezos, richer than ever. People <laughs> like getting stuff from Amazon. It's never going to stop. So, Nick, I do think the rebounding is just this, like, huge flaw in the system. But the idea that Daryl and Mike D'Antoni are going to stop shooting threes and we're going to stop at 56, like, we're good. I think we're going to see 63s maybe in this playoffs, maybe next year, but it's not going to stop.
1: Well, and and if people think Wilds is being over the top there, five games in NBA playoff history as a team shot 53s. All five were by the Houston Rockets. So 53s was thought to be impossible until the Rockets started doing it. So 63s, I would agree, is in route at some point. couple quick things. On the rebounding, I've made this point before. I'm going to make it again. If you buy a Ferrari and then just regularly say, man, no trunk space, I can't believe it. I can't load my family in here and go on a road trip. You knew that going in. It's not like the rebounding is catching them off guard. They decided we are sat. We have to sacrifice something to build this type of no. team. Rebounding is what they're sacrificing. That's the first <laughs> point. The second point to Antoine about it: Ben Math Mclemore, Jeff Green, Austin Rivers, Daniel House. Those four guys have all had really big games individually in games one or two. While that feels a little outlier-ish, and I want to ask your take on this, Antoine. I would imagine, for that type of player, playing with the Rockets is somewhat freeing. And by that I mean, you get to Houston, and no matter what type of three-point shooter you are, you are told for the first time in your career, shoot every three you can. Every, like I do feel like, even though you're down on the Rockets, Man, vintage Antoine Walker would have loved playing for these this Rockets team. And so I do feel like if you're Jeff Green and and you've been playing in the league and coaches get annoyed when you shoot threes, and now you're finally on a team where Austin Rivers, where the coach is like, shoot as many threes as you can, you might get the best version of that player. Like, is that legitimate in your eyes, Antoine?
3: One One thousand percent. It's still in confidence in the shooter or a guy who may have a little lack of confidence is the greatest thing. And Dan Tony does a great job of giving these guys the green light. And we're seeing the best version of the Houston Rockets. These first two games, they can't play any better. The best thing that's happened to the, for the Houston Rockets, and I said this on Wednesday, they probably just bought rest, Russell Westbrook another seven right. days to get healthy. Yep. And that's and, yep. and we're, we're, we're really not looking at that. But now he gets an opportunity. They can, they can rest him for the next three games if they want to. And still get out this series. And that's what's huge about what they did the first two games. Houston has allowed one of their best players, their second best player, to get the rest he needs and to get healthy. Because they're going to have a grueling second game, a second round series, whether it's the Lakers or the Portland Trailblazers. But Nick, you are 100% oh. right. I would love I would love to play for the Houston Rockets. I already had confidence, so I didn't need the confidence of a Jeff Green, <laughs> a Ben Mackmore, <laughs> Daniel House Jr. I don't need that confidence. I already, I'm, I'm going to shoot it anyway. But I yep. would have loved to play with them. <laughs> if I could get 10 threes up a game, I would have made, mm-hmm. I made a hundred million plan. I probably made about 250, Nick. Oh, about 250 right. <laughs> I would have made about 250 playing I could Houston.
0: For a lot of us, our home is now more than just our home. It's also a gym, a bakery, and a barber shop. And if you're a business owner or a people manager, home might also be where you do your hiring that's where zip recruiter comes in zip recruiter makes hiring faster and easier because you can do it all from one convenient place ziprecruiter.com slash approach no matter where you're hiring from zip recruiter does the work for you how well zip recruiters matching technology scans thousands of resumes and profiles to identify the most qualified people for your job. If you're really interested in a candidate, you can even invite them to apply for your job. With one click, ZipRecruiter sends them an email from you and you stand out from the competition. And right now, to try ZipRecruiter for free, first things first listeners can go to ziprecruiter.com ziprecruiter.com/approach, approach. That's ziprecruiter.com approach, A-P-P-R-O-A-C-H. ZipRecruiter.com slash approach. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Uh, time exactly. for drawing thank a thank blank here, you. starting with Rob Gronkowski in the Bucks. Bruce Arian says Gronk looks, quote, like he did five or six years ago. It's all that TB12 finally paying off. So Nick, Gronk's first season mm, with the Bucks no will be blank. He doesn't like to Red
1: Zone Centric. Listen, I I don't care how good Gronk says he's feeling given the fact that he was a year out of football and his last year in football, we saw he was a limited version of himself. I don't think nine catch, 110 yard, taking hits over the middle, those types of performances are going to be coming with regularity this season. I do think he can get back to being what he was almost the entirety of his career with Brady, which is the single most dangerous red zone target in the NFL. So I think they'll be very judicious, Greg, with how they use Gronk, but I think they will fully unleash him in the red zone and having that superhuman Mike Evans maybe alongside uh, on the same side of the field as Gronk is going to put teams in major, major pinches in the red zone. So I think it's all about the red zone for Gronk this season, Greg.
4: I'm with you there, I think you're spot on. I think it's similar to going to an amusement park. Anyone who's experienced any amusement park for the first time, they're excited, they, they're highly anticipating everything that it has to offer, especially when you're young and you're willing to entertain all that the amusement park has to offer as far <laughs> as rides. But when you get older, you go to the amusement park and you have a great understanding oh. of what exactly it is you're going to expect. And where you're Especially headed in the he amusement baby. park. And I think that's what you're alluding to with the red zone centric <laughs> Gronkowski. He has a role. There's other guys that are going to do so much more. He His focus for this team is going to be solely in the red zone. And if he has a game right. that he sparks, we'll take
0: it. Yep. Yep.
2: Okay, Greg, just be honest. What rides are you scared of at the amusement park? This That whole question was supposed to be about Gronkowski, but it's actually about Greg's phobia of a handful of rides at the amusement park. So Greg, <laughs> which ones are you actually scared of?
4: Uh, I'm not afraid of anything. I just don't like going in circles now that I'm older.
2: Circles? Anything okay. in circles, <laughs> it just doesn't work. Anything with a circle. I believe that's almost every single ride besides the log flume in, Basically. Perhaps, uh, some <laughs> every single ride's a circle at some point. Hey, what did I, oh, I wrote, uh, I wrote washed, uh, car washed, not actually washed. Bron put out a new video the other day where he's going through a car wash in a Jeep. And I thought, you know what? This is what I miss from Gronk. The league is just a happier, more fun place with Gronkowski. And I'm happy that he's back. And the the question works out better. He's not actually washed, just a car wash.
0: Always better with Gronk. Uh, To Gronk's former home, now New England, where Jared Stidham's reportedly struggling in training camp. Yesterday's line, guys. Ready? Two of six, two interceptions. And I'm sure Belichick will tell you, too many Patriots reporters taking videos. Nick. Stidham struggling at Patriots camp is blank.
1: Expected, guys. Come on, i like they, like, can, I, I hate to keep doing this, but I'm gonna tell you four names. Will Greer, Ryan Finley, oh no, the draft. Easton Stick, Clayton Thorson. Hey, those are the two quarterbacks taken right before Stidham, and the two quarterbacks taken right after Stidham. What was their camp report yesterday? Oh, wait, there wasn't one because no beat writer is writing about what a third string quarterback did in August 20th training camp. It's just because it's the Patriots because Belichick mind melded folks into thinking this guy actually might be the starter. And I, on that tweet, no, I didn't read the full, full report. You saw they had 11-on-11 11 11 stats and then 7-on-7 seven seven stats. I didn't see Stidham's name in the 7-on-7 seven seven stats. So maybe they just didn't find room for their third-string quarterback to actually get some reps. But okay. it, it's not a knock on him. I, I feel like we're, ta- we're killing the guy or I'm killing the guy. It's not Jared Stidham's fault. He's Jared Stidham. He was drafted to be a backup. He's and to one be. day he'll be a backup. Like, come on. It's expected, Greg.
4: <laughs> I think it's it's anticipated. And what I mean by that is Bill nice. Belichick and the Patriots are were anticipating having some some growing pains, if you will. I still believe they expect him to be better. It's a practice. It's training camp. You're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. All players, all quarter, a lot of quarterbacks have them, uh, with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, as we showed him earlier. But oh, when God. you look at this <laughs> situation... It's anticipated. This is why they went out and got Cam. They understood that if this is who Derek uh, Stidham is, then we have a safety valve in in Cam Newton to where we can just insert him and allow him to just roll on with with what we really want to see on the football field.
2: Cam is going to be the starter, but I reject the premise of this question, and we treat the Patriots different than anybody else. We just ran the Patrick Mahomes highlight, and the question wasn't, oh, Chiefs defense. Chiefs defense, uh, do we have to worry about them after this long sidearm bomb? No, you guys were like, hey, look how great Patrick Mahomes is. Guess who led the league in interceptions last year? The Patriots, 25. So, of course, Jarrett Stenum, who might be top five, top two quarterback in the whole league. (laughs) That part was a joke. The 25 interceptions was real. But the Patriots I have wish, a great defense. I know we They're can't. supposed to get interceptions oh, okay. in practice.
1: Oh, really? Well, that's great. That's very interesting because yeah. I saw the tweet. And listed next to Hoyer or Cam, nowhere was interceptions. So the Patriots' great defense yep. you know one is out there when Stidham's
2: throwing. Because Cam good. is okay, amazing. Good. Got it. Cam Got is fantastic. Like, of course. Oh, okay. But if you're like, have the the quarterback. <laughs> Patriots are going to get him.
0: Uh let's move on to Des Bryant's quest for NFL employment. The former pro bowler worked out for the Ravens yesterday, but he left without a contract. So Nick, Des leaving his tryout without the paperwork is blank.
1: Listen folks, I hate to be so negative this morning. This is the end of the road. And I don't know why this continues to be a story. I Des Bryant's last very good year in this league was 2014. He has that in common with Greg Jennings, who's been on TV for three years. Like, what What are we talking about? I, it, 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 I'm so, I didn't think it was over when Dez left the Cowboys. I thought he was going to have another chapter, but he doesn't. He has since popped his Achilles and missed two seasons. And now he's leaving yep. another place. It's the end of the road. It was an amazing first seven, six, seven years of his career, and it ended abruptly. And so it's the end of the road, Greg.
4: Nick, that, I, that was that was a good take. I, I enjoyed that. I, I'm with you. I think it, it's worrisome. I, I'm not going to say it's the end of the road because he's still getting a shot. He's still getting an opportunity when it comes to teams looking at him and inquiring about him. But why it is worrisome to me is because the Baltimore Ravens uh, was the team that was interested in him and offered him a deal, a multi-year deal. Uh, before he signed the deal with the New Orleans Saints before rupturing his Achilles. And so when the team has interest in you and then they bring you in and then they show interest again, at least to look at you and then you walk away unsigned. That is worrisome because there's no there's been no reports of anyone else showing interest in Des Bryant. Hmm,
2: I thought the more interesting thing, Greg, besides the fact that you tweeted out that you wanted to come back potentially just to like tease everybody. Uh, last week was that the Ravens are giving tryouts to wide receivers at all. And I know Antonio Brown is suspended for half the season, but it makes me think that the Ravens are going to be back on, you know, come knocking at his door week nine or whenever he's available to maybe have him join the team.
0: in NL West battle. Jake Lamb and the Diamondbacks take on the Giants. All the action begins at 9.30 Eastern on FS1. And the Fox Sports app. It is now time for stories to start your morning. And the draft order has been decided. The T-Wolves hit the lotto last night, securing the number one pick. So the top five will go like this. Wolves, Warriors, Hornets, Bulls, and Cavs. Nick, biggest winners and losers from the draft lottery.
1: Well, T-Wolves, obviously, huge winners. The Warriors I, got lucky. I mean, they had a 76% chance, 74% chance, pardon me, of having the third, fourth, or fifth pick. They end up with the second pick, so they got a little lucky. The Hornets, huge luck. There's three players clearly better than everyone in this draft, we think. Lamello, Wiseman, and Anthony Edwards, and they move up from 8-3. to three. As far as unlucky, I think the Warriors, Antoine, got a little lucky and unlucky because they have the Timberwolves pick next year. So they want the Timberwolves to be awful. And the Timberwolves getting the number one overall pick of the draft gives them a chance to add an instant impact guy. So the Warriors a little lucky, a little unlucky. And the Knicks, of course, unlucky because it's the draft lottery. And ever since they fixed the lottery to get Ewing, they've been unlucky in all of them, Antoine. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, this is a tough draft. I mean, for me, and I know you haven't looked at every player, Nick. And I haven't either. But I think, from what I'm hearing, this is going to be a top-heavy draft. Probably 10 or 12 really good players. So I look at the winners in this draft. Obviously, the T-Wolves are going to get get a very good player. The Warriors, it gives them more flexibility. If they can choose to keep it, they can move down. We know they're, they're chasing championships. And I think the Bulls won this. The Bulls and the, and the Celtics at 14. The Celtics don't need a pick at 14. They'll be able to leverage that to maybe get some size to help them out inside. So, those four teams, I believe, uh, really won in, in the draft last night.
2: Go ahead, Wilds. Nick, I have a question for you. I I've read so much about how ah, the Warriors might package this, try to get a star, and we I know you you are upset about the Bucks rumors. I don't think it's the Bucks, obviously. Where who wants this pick? Like I always hear they're gonna move it. I'm like, well, where is it going, and well, who's coming back listen, to the Warriors? Listen, I do we have think a best guess on that.
1: I do think the second pick of the draft has value. The problem is, yeah, but they would have to package it with this toxic asset that is Andrew Wiggins. Like, if you're the, if you're the <laughs> Cavs, would you like to move up from five to two? Sure. But they don't want to trade with the Cavs. They want to trade with Washington, for example, for Bradley Beal. But the only way to make that work is to include Wiggins. And ain't nobody want Wiggins. I, the, we're going to talk more <laughs> about the Warriors later. But this idea that, oh, this is the path to Giannis, it's just insanity. So good for them. They got the second pick. They're throwing the season away worked out a bit. And I'm very excited to see LeVar Ball set up shop in the Bay Area. Should be a ton of fun.
0: (laughs) All right, let's keep this moving. Pivotal game three, Clippers-Mavs back in action tonight at 9. Antoine, you expect the Clippers to bounce back?
3: I expect them to bounce back, but I'm so disappointed when you talk about these are supposed to be your two best wing defenders. And if you want to add back to value, I know I didn't play a game, Two. You're talking about we talked about how great that defense is gonna be. But what Lucas doing to these guys is unbelievable. And the Thank fact you. that Kawhi Leonard or Paul George does not take the the, the assignment really bothers me. And this could Thank be this you. could become a lengthy this could become a lengthy series if Dallas continues to shoot the basketball well. And then I also to add to this, to this series, you gotta think about Paul George. He should never have an off game against this this group. You're talking about Tim Hardaway. Curry, uh, Trey Burke. These are the type of guys they got guarding him. You're not able to get your get a, get your game off against these guys. I just, I think they they got a lot of work to do. um They got they probably got a little break playing a young, inexperienced playoff team in Dallas, so they'll get out this series. But that playing Denver, probably playing Denver second round is gonna be a little bit tougher.
1: And an amen from the congregation. Antoine, you and I are the only two people in America, evidently, that have been watching this series the same way. I echo everything Antoine said, but I will I will take it a step further in this regard. I expect the Clippers to win tonight. If the Mavericks win tonight, they are winning the series. If the Mavericks wow. win tonight, they are going to knock the Clippers out in this series. The Clippers showed up. For three minutes in game one, and then coasted, and then got a gift by Chris Dapps being thrown out. That, was, that shook them to their core so much, they trailed every minute of game two. When Luka gets in foul trouble, that helped them so much, they couldn't cut it to single digits once in the fourth quarter. If that doesn't wake them up enough then the real Clippers team's been awake and folks just haven't wanted to admit it. If they lose tonight, Wilds, they lose the series. But
2: I don't think they lose tonight. I I think the Clippers win tonight. I can see it. Antoine, I want to ask you a question about Paul George's offense. Post-game, he had the big ice pack on his shoulder, and he was asked a question about how to stop the Mavericks. He's like, ah, it's largely schematic. And he was so confident. I started to feel good about the Clippers. Then yesterday on Instagram, he put out something that we can't show. It's a, an obscenity-laden uh, Instagram <laughs> what, that's basically like, I don't, I, I don't appreciate the criticism that I'm receiving. I think that's the the that what, kindest way to quite the translation, Wild. <laughs> well, well, Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah, I, I put this. I don't care, give a but about it like about yeah, what it's getting have to it. To uh, uh, hey, Kevin,
3: you gotta put this in perspective. Paul George left Indiana because he did not want to be the man. He could have signed the max contract there. Bird would have gave him all the money in the world to stay there. He he decided he wanted to leave there. He went to play with Russell Westbrook. It was supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread. Now you wanted to play with Kawhi Leonard. It's a reason why he wants to team up with somebody. He does not want to be Batman. He wants to be a Robin. And when you want to be a Robin, you have nights like he had uh, last night. He, He has to show up. If they want to get to the next level, he has to show up game in and game out. He has a He has an advantage. When you have an advantage in a series as an offensive player, you're supposed to take advantage of him. And Kawhi Leonard should be dominating this series, with easily dominating this series with the
0: lineup that Dallas has. Antoine's on fire this morning. I love it, Antoine. All right, let's talk some Bucks magic now. I'm, I'm sorry. Top story, obviously. Uh, no, we are going back to Bucks Magic. Milwaukee cruising to an easy yeah, win to even a series at a game apiece. Antoine got me all kinds of confused. Look much more like the Bucks that we're used to seeing. Nick, did last night prove that maybe game one and the way that the Bucks played in game one was just a fluke and this is the real Milwaukee team?
1: Well, I like Jenna and much more interested in the Lakers story, so I will be very, very quick here. The Bucks were great in the first quarter defensively. And then they kind of coasted again. I said yesterday, listen, I think the Bucs should win this game by 25. They were en route to that. They took their foot off the gas. All of a sudden, it's a nine-point game in the fourth quarter. But Antoine and Orlando, it's like, wait, are, are, are they going to do this again? I Before the end of this series, I want to see the Bucks lay the smackdown for a full four quarters right. because you're Miami Heat, who you won a championship with are waiting for them in the next round, and Miami's gonna be ready,
3: Antoine. I knew the Bucks would bounce back. Uh, really disappointing to Chris Millington, only one for eight last night. Um, he's gotta get going. He is a huge part of their success. Uh, so they still got their work cut out. They will win this series, but if it goes six, it'll be fine because they need the reps. Like you said, the Miami Heat will be waiting on them. They need to get back to playing good basketball. And this was a, a a minor a baby start to playing good as this series goes along they'll they need get back. the
2: reps okay that's i a, a, oh, yeah, the reps. Reps. i'd rather have them just just win the games outright antoine i know you were talking about point differential and you didn't care how much the blazers lost by it made me feel good but my favorite stat was how good the bucks were this is all pre-bubble they were fifth best all-time post-bubble it changed. They struggled so much. They dropped all the way down to 12th, so my favorite graphic doesn't work anymore. The good news is the 10th and 11th team also won the championships, the Celtics and the Warriors. So my favorite graphic got a little bit less good. But, Nick, I agree. I want to see big wins, not just squeaking out wins, big wins to have some confidence. Yeah, they, in the they're
1: box. ramping up. Let's see them finish it all. They, this thing shouldn't go six. If it goes six, Antoine, they're in trouble. You can't lose another game to Here the man. Here we go.
0: Stop it. Top story this morning. Lakers, Blazers. That series now all tied off after the ADs cruise to a win over Portland. Anthony Davis, 31 and 11. A much quieter night for the King. 10.6 rebounds, 7 assists. He had 6 turnovers in this one. Nick, any reason to be worried about LeBron's lack of offense in last night's win? I was asking for a friend, obviously. Listen,
1: I'm not concerned at all. Uh, And I do, it is so great how LeBron gets evaluated. Game one, he throws up 23-16 and 17, would have been 23-16 and 25 if Lakers can hit open shots, and stats don't matter because the team lost. Game two, they dominate start to finish. Take the lead three minutes into the game, never relinquish it, get up 30. LeBron has has it in second gear at most throughout. It's like, oh, I don't know, man. Looks awful old. I know he's going to finish second in MVP this year, won the assist title, changed position, was the best player in in his conference all year long. But I don't know. Maybe we're in a different phase of LeBron's career. Color me skeptical of that. If if the Lakers had lost, or even if it had been a very close game, and LeBron scored 10 points, I would be highly concerned, Antoine. And yeah, he smoked a couple layups. We showed it. He was loose with the ball. Mm -hmm. Gary Trent ripped him at half court. Like he, He didn't play well yesterday. I'm not arguing he played well. But is there concern for me moving forward? None whatsoever. If he needs to take over one of these games, he can. He is focusing on... First and foremost, getting Anthony Davis going, which happened yesterday, and secondarily, finding guys who can hit shots. KCP did it yesterday. Danny Green is still on a
3: milk cart, and hopefully he shows up. And so I'm not concerned about it, Antoine. He got away with still trying to get guys involved last night, and they made shots. They made five threes the first game, made 14, You know, obviously, last night. So obviously it looks like that style can work if other guys are making shots. My concern with LeBron is that he was not that great in the bubble, um, the first eight games um, prior to That's starting fun. the playoffs. I don't think he was. I don't think he was that great offensively. So, at some point, he needs to get going offensively because when you start facing the Houston Rockets and possibly the Clippers later down the line, he has to be good offensively. And we never think LeBron really kind of struggled like this offensively, especially in the playoffs. And I'm not saying he's not human. He's not going to have a bad game. He's won one in the series that I do. Be- that I do believe he's going to win but I am going to say this Nick and I'm going to say it again you have to respect your opponent and their opponent is the Portland Trailblazers and they're a good team this is not the Portland Trailblazers we saw during the team this is a more healthier group and they're playing with them in the top five best players in the league this is going to be a good series
2: but I hate to say it sometimes numbers lie I know it says just 10 points They're up by 30 points and he's sitting on the sidelines like he could could have gone in if it was a closer game, if he wasn't so efficient distributing the ball and all of a sudden had like, you know, eked out 18 points. Would this even be a story, Nick? I don't think so. So he's actually so efficient. He probably hurt his own stat line.
1: And by the way, listen, he I, I agree with Antoine. LeBron has not put together back to back excellent games in the bubble. He will against the Rockets. I don't know if he will against the Blazers. I don't actually think you have to respect him that much. Antoine and I can argue more about that later. But against the Rockets, in the conference finals, then the NBA finals, all those opponents are going to demand your utter attention, and we'll see the real LeBron James stand up. I'm not concerned, Jenna. Back here
0: First Things First. Time to run the no huddle and we will start with oh. a little gronk ha there's an oxymoron gronk met with reporters yesterday had some high praise for tom brady take a listen
2: do it dak his arm looks like i first got into the league i i think he was 32 or 33 years old and his arm may actually be stronger than than when it was when he was 33 uh when i when i first got to the league which is incredible
0: Nick, I got to ask, are you expecting to see a revitalized Tom Brady in year 21?
1: <laughs> a revitalized, maybe. Listen, I, I, sunshine's good for you. Some vitamin D. You're out from under the specter of Bill Belichick. In, instead, you're with fun Uncle Bruce Arians. Mike Evans is awesome. Your buddy Gronk is back. Once you and Chris Godwin, you know, reconcile, you have another great receiver there. But, but listen, man, I'm just telling you, reports are Godwin's really upset. He stole his number from him with no compensation. I feel like it needs to be addressed. There's there's no reports. This idea, Greg, I I mean, we got different reports. The idea, Greg, (laughs) (laughs) that Brady all of a sudden, that Brady all of a sudden, his arm strength is going to be back. I've been watching the last few years. He never had the strongest arm in the league, but the last few years, it's been a lot of quack quack when he drops back to throw deep. So I just know I don't. This part I don't buy, even if he is a little more revitalized, Greg. Right?
4: Yeah, I don't. I don't buy the arm strength uh, point that Gronk is making. I think when you've experienced someone in training camp, there's no defensive lineman, there's no interior lineman rushing you, putting applying real Mm. pressure to you, Mm. um, actually going to put you on your back. Yeah, you can step into every throw with confidence, and that's just not the reality of a quarterback during an actual NFL game with real live opponents. Um, Do I expect Tom Brady to be revitalized? I do. I I believe stepping into a new role, a new atmosphere, a new culture, you're going to see that burst of energy. How can he be consistent? Well, he's shown it throughout his entire career. I don't think we're going to see. I know we're not going to see the Tom Brady that we've seen over the past 20 years, but we're going to see a, a similar close version uh, to where I think the Bucks will be definitely a contender this year.
2: Can I tell you something, Greg? I think baseball Please. has too many analytics and football not enough. All we hear Ben Roethlisberger's oh, arm looks take. better than ever, it, and and Brady's arm looks better than take. ever. Just measure it. Just measure it. I gotta I gotta know about exit velocity to watch a baseball game and launch angle. Well, just tell me how fast the ball is going. It's literally the same machine <laughs> shooting at the shooting at the <laughs> the football. I'll be like, oh, good as good as five years ago or not. Tom Brady posted something <laughs> last year. I didn't it buy it. Take. It's like when uh, there's a speed trap on your street and you're riding your bike, and the, my son's like, "Yeah, we're, I went 33 miles an hour." I'm like, "That was the car that just went by us." But fine, you're driving your bike at <laughs> 33. So Tom Brady posted it this year. He's gonna fall off the cliffs. Shout out to Max Kellerman, Cliff, uh, Cliffgate. Uh, but then I asked Dusty, I'm like, "Is this true?" And Dusty's like, "No." Just like you said, Greg. You're like under pressure, all we've seen is numbers go down, down, down. But uh- so. Yeah, maybe oh, oh. his arm is okay, but under pressure. Nope. Oh, 51, 71, 96. That's going the wrong direction. So, is his arm as good? I hope so. I'm rooting for the guy, but I just am not into the false numbers. Sorry. Also, Gronk's been out
0: of football for a year. Everything feels really fast and zippy to him right, right now. Right, Jenna? Uh, oh, moving on good. to that's Green Bay. Point. Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love working side-by-side in their first training camp. Occasionally, I'll do that, while Love making good points. Love said about Rodgers, it's really <laughs> awesome for me to see and take in and evaluate him and to learn by watching him. Uh, Mr. Greg Jennings, what do you think? You expect Aaron Rodgers to mentor Jordan Love this season? Unlike, by the way, what Farb did, remember with Rodgers early on, there was not much mentoring going on then.
4: I do, Jenna. I- I'm actually, I'm loving everything about what I'm hearing out of Aaron Rodgers and his camp, uh, his his demeanor, his positioning, his stance. And the reason why I believe we're seeing this out of Aaron Rodgers is he knows exactly who he is. He knows the caliber talent, that he, he knows what caliber talent he possesses. He knows what his value is to that organization and any organization that wants to seek him out in the near future. And so I think with that in mind, he's he his experiences have rendered him kind of susceptible to being this individual that we're seeing, saying that I'm not gonna have Jordan Love experience the same thing that I experienced when I stepped in under the great Brett Favre uh, Hall of Famer and, and not get the tutelage that I he possibly deserved or even wanted. So he wants to give the experience that he desired and i think that's how we all should be and i think i think that's great and a testament to where he is in his career and his belief in himself
1: Jen, i'll be very quick here because i agree with every single thing greg just said there is aaron Rodgers has handled every part of this offseason with grace and aplomb and he has been great to jordan love Now, I don't know what he thinks of Brian Gutenkunst right now, but who gives a damn? I think Rodgers has been great, and I think the fact that he experienced this the other way is one of the reasons he's been great, and because in general, even though he doesn't have this rep, he's a really, really good guy. So, Jenna, I I think he's going to mentor him. I think he's going to be a great teammate because that's the type of guy Aaron Rodgers
2: is. You guys are over the top. Hey, I, I agree. I think he's a great guy. This also looks like a scene from a movie. It's like, I throw it. It's great mentorship. See how, how you didn't throw it in the little net hole? i just go like this. You got to throw it in the net hole. I got it. <laughs> throw it, throw it in that. I'm just like, i oh, take a breath. It's one 12-second piece of video.
0: And it was like a four-foot throw. Uh, on to Buffalo, where Josh Allen and his new receiver, Stefan Diggs, are getting in sync. And Patriots Defensive Player of the Year, Stefan Gilmore, took notice, saying, thanks for showing me the routes teams are working yeah. on. Greg, would you be upset if you were Diggs?
4: You know what? I would. And, and some would look at this and think that this is no big deal. But however, when you start to uh, break down the game and, and on as far as where you are on the field, The Bills right there are working on red zone routes. So if I'm Stephon Gilmore and I'm one of the best corners in all the football and I see this route being practiced on film, now I have an inside track on what to anticipate or to expect or to look for when they're in the red zone. So yes, it is a big deal. And for the guys who are recording this and putting it out there, that's a shame on them. And it's, it's disappointing. But it happens, and it's unfortunate, but yeah, this is definitely a big deal.
1: I, I am so shocked by Greg's take that this is a big deal that for the first time in my television or radio career, I've been rendered speechless. I was ready to go on a whole rant about how this doesn't matter at all, and Greg has just totally kneecapped me, so I need to reevaluate. Wild, you go. Okay. I am
2: I am shocked by everything I just heard there rendered you know what i'm first i'm I'm happy this is the first time the patriots have ever used practice video from another team to scout i think it's a good step in the right (laughs) direction of uh of totally clean play for the patriots (laughs) somebody went there look mr 99 i was
1: rendered so speechless i forgot to make the patriots (laughs) cheating joke i
0: can't (laughs) believe it greg you judged me so much i didn't didn't make this joke
2: God, the Nick is fired joke
0: up. This segment. LeBron is fired <laughs> up. Why? They won. First things first. Stay with us.
1: Oh my God, Greg, you killed
0: me. That's the whole year. Right, right. I never drawn a blank. Oh God, Let's stick with LeBron, so who had a quiet night in the Lakers game to win 10, 6, and 7. Despite that line, Lakers in cruise control most of the night so nick lebron james performance last night in the game was blank
1: part of the plan now listen missing those layups is not part of the plan and he wasn't efficient he turned the ball over too much but LeBron focusing on Anthony Davis getting going first and foremost was the plan. Secondarily focusing on getting shooters going was the plan. That was also the plan in game one. The Lakers' goal is not to beat the Blazers. It is to win four consecutive series. And so it, he knows what those guys need to do in order for that to happen. So I say, Antoine. Again, he didn't play well. I'm not saying he did, but the way his approach was part of the plan, Antoine.
3: I would say it was above average, Nick. He didn't have to have a, a huge performance last night. They got a great team effort. They played great. I thought he had, he played. He came out with the right mentality. With a couple early layups, and he was aggressive. He missed some shots that he typically he typically makes, but. They won. They were up 30 points at one point during the game. So it was above average performance. I'm not going to take too much away from him.
2: He played 27 minutes. I went mean, with numbers lie. If they were, if they were in any struggle, he would have played more and he would have scored more. Also, he had zero blocks in the game. But you know what? In Kevin Wilde's stat line, this counts as a block because he scared Gary Trent so much. Gary Trent (laughs) commits the very rarely seen, if ever seen in your entire basketball career, offensive foul when the person is behind you. I've never seen this in my life life, it counts as a block for LeBron, not an offensive foul, because Gary Trent was so scared of getting uh, Andre Iguodala in a playoff game.
0: Alright, let's stick with this game. So Damian Lillard dislocated his left index finger in the third quarter. X-rays came back negative. Dane says he will suit up for game three, but Nick, you seem more concerned than Dane does, so Dame's injury should have Blazers fans feeling blank.
1: What am I doing, Wilds? Oh, oh, not time. Over che- seven. Wilds. Nick is over seven. No, no, no. <laughs> we're 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 we're, che- we're checking to see if it's midnight yet, and it's 11:57 p.m. p.m. And so, 11:58 p.m. is gonna be game three. 11:59 p.m. is gonna be game four, and strike of midnight is gonna be game five. I feel sick for Dame, but his reaction to this, Antoine, was so angry and upset. That, to me, it indicated that even though he's going to play, that this is going to impact him. The the game was already lost, so it's not like he was mad I can't go back in the game. I think he was concerned that this is going to impact him the rest of the series. And if he is not supernova, they have no shot at all. So I say like Midnight's approaching.
3: If I'm the Blazers fans, I'm disappointed by this. This is... This is a bad decision by Terry Style as a coach. You got to have a post on wow. your team. You you knew you could not get back into the game, and you have to take him out. You allowed this injury to happen. You should have took your guys out. It wasn't your night. You just played great basketball for the last 9, nine ten games. You just played, uh, uh, worst case scenario, you was going to be 1-1 in the series. You couldn't back get back into the game. So why would you take that approach? You should have took him out the so game. This Antoine. would never happen. And I do, I do agree with you, Nick. This could be a lingering injury. This could be an injury that that lingers for a while. So you, you, you gotta you gotta cross your fingers that it doesn't happen. But we'll see. Come Saturday,
2: look. It's hard to crystal ball what Dame was feeling. He threw the towel, and it's like maybe it's a bad injury. And then after the game, they're like, Hey, what do you think about game three? And he's like, well, What do you mean? He's Like, oh, are you gonna play? He's like, yeah, I'm playing. But Antoine, about real quick about whether or not I should have been playing. At what point would you feel um, mad if you've got t- if you got taken out of the game? At twenty five points? At thirty points? At like when when would you throw in the towel and a point differential?
3: Kev, usually the coach punishes you when you getting— they punish you and take you out the game when you're down thirty. They were down thirty with about five minutes to go to the third. There was no way you was get back in the game. You take him out the game. That injury happened about two minutes left in the third. Get him out the game. You was not, what did you try to do, cut it to 20? Going into the fourth quarter? The game was over.